In the words of a king, there is power. And as we behold him with unveiled faces, we're transformed into the very image of God. Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. K. Ijishesan, brought to you by Kingswood Ministries International. We believe that as you listen, faith is stirred up in you to become all that God has called you to be. I have an assignment, and the assignment is to teach you the practical steps to accelerate. Summer blast was, was a blast, right? Prophetic words were released. They, 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 we had amazing sessions. More than any other thing, I believe summer blast was prophetic. And after the, after the, the, the conference, the Lord started stirring up my heart to do some practical teachings on accelerate. So tonight, I want to speak on practical steps that must be taken in order to accelerate. I haven't heard that there's a word over your life, and that word is saying you are supposed to gain speed, move forward, move into all that God has for you. Now, the question is, how do I accelerate? What steps do I need to take to accelerate? Number one, there are five things I want to share with you tonight in the next 40, 45 minutes. How to accelerate and purpose. Number one, you accelerate <laughs> by the revelation of God's purpose for your life. So the first step you take when, where gaining speed is concerned is you have to ensure that you understand the purpose of God for your life. And by the way, when we're talking about purpose, purpose speaks of God's original intent. I've said it several times and I will keep on saying it because with all the saying, some people still don't get it. Purpose is not just what you manufacture, but rather purpose is what you discover. And that's why it's difficult to claim that you are working in purpose if you are not working closely with God. Because purpose is not a function of your mind primarily. It has to be revealed to you. You can have, you know, some people have ideas about their purpose. But to really understand what is God's purpose for your life, it must be by revelation. As great as your gifts are in terms of pointing you to your purpose, your gifts are not enough. You can be gifted and still be confused. So purpose must be discovered in the place of fellowship. God, what is the original plan for me? You did not just bring me into this world to fill space. You have a plan. Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, For all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. So there is God's purpose for me. I want you to say to yourself, say, there is, there is. God's purpose. For my life, I did not just show up. I showed up because there was something he meant for me. He meant for me. There's something he had in mind where I'm concerned. And for you to accelerate, you must know it. You must know it. For some of us, we must go back to it. Some of us have stumbled away from it. Some of us have been distracted away from it. Some, you know, and by the way, your job is not equivalent to your purpose. Whether you are being paid seven-figure salary or eight-figure salary or nine-figure salary, I don't care. 
Just because you have a lot of money in your bank account does not mean you are working in purpose. Purpose is greater than, you know, having a lot of funds or, you know, I mean, it's good to have money. And of course, working in purpose helps you ultimately in, in the area of prosperity. But beyond prosperity, there is a sense of purpose that you and I must have in order to accelerate. God's commitment to your acceleration is tied to your understanding and your revelation of his purpose for your life. So it's not just, I want to run. Now, the question is, are you running the direction of purpose? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. He said, we have seen that we have so much, a, a great cloud of witness around us. He said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily what besets us. And he went on and said, let us run with patience. Can you see? Let us run with patience. So when it comes to the plan and purpose of God for your life, God wants you to run. Let us run with patience. The race set before us. Now, of course, there's a, there's a specific race tied to your life. Your race. And God says, I want you to run that race. But the question is, do you understand your race? When we're talking about your purpose, your purpose is tied to your race. Do you know your race? Your job, your education, as great as they are, they are not equivalent to your purpose. Just because you are being paid, you know, handsomely somewhere does not mean you are in purpose. I've met people before that made a lot of money in their career. And towards the end of their career, they were empty. I met a doctor several years ago, about 20-something years in Chicago. And he was so quick. And he said, get out of medicine. Then. And I'm wondering, oh, you had a great career. He said, I want to spend the rest of my life working for God. As, you know, exciting as that one sounds. I think it's better off to spend your 20-something, 30-something, 40-something, and 50-something working for God rather than you wait till you are almost 70. I say, I want to do, I want to spend the your spent self. Apparently, I mean, the person knew there was a call of God upon his life, but there's a career in his way. Now, am I saying you should resign your job? No. So you can have a great job, but that does not mean you are in purpose. Ask your neighbor, say, discover God's purpose for your life and run with it. You run with it. There is a sense of purpose which is so vital when it comes to accelerating. For you to accelerate effectively, for you to, let the word is meaningfully. For you to accelerate meaningfully, there must be a sense of God's purpose. And by the way, passion should, is, should not be confused with purpose. Oh, he's so passionate. Oh, I have a strong passion. Let's go do it. Now, listen, passion is mostly emotional. Purpose is deeper than passion. Is it possible that your passion can point you in the direction of your purpose? Yes. But passion is not necessarily purpose. Just because you are passionate about something does not mean you are in purpose. Okay, what's going on? You want to bring it down? It's okay, I'm fine with fun. Just because you are passionate about something does not mean you are in purpose. You are passionate, fine. Why are you in purpose? Was Moses not passionate when he was getting somebody killed? He was passionate, so much passion. Can you imagine? You're supposed to be separating two people 
Were they fighting or somebody was harassing the other? Anyway, I don't know the kind of strength that man had. That in the process of administering justice, he ended up murdering. That was how passionate Moses was. But as far as God was concerned, that was not in purpose. Later on, he encountered God and God laid out the plan. This is the plan for your life. I want to pray for somebody under the sound of my voice. Beyond passion, you will find purpose in this season. There's an understanding of your purpose that brings clarity to your life. You are not just running everywhere. You are running with a sense of clarity. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 says, He said, write the vision, make it plain that it may run. If there's any word that comes closely with purpose, is vision. Because when you are in purpose, the next thing is that you, are start, you start seeing the future in the light of that purpose. The, f- the future is coming into your view. And that's what vision is all about. He said, write the vision. Because you are in purpose, you can see the vision. He said, write it. And let him run. So the understanding of your purpose puts speed to your feet. Let him run that reads it. If you really want to run, you want to accelerate, the discovery of God's purpose for your life is key. Very, very important. Secondly, purpose. Purpose is the first thing, right? Secondly, prophecies. I mean, for for some reason, I could not get over this word. You know, if you remember very well, towards summer blast, I taught on prophecies, what to do with your prophecy. And as I was preparing for tonight's meeting, it came back to me. That this, I mean, a lot of us are too careless with our prophecies. And do you know, prophecies is the maker of great destinies. Because God has a way of doing things. Before he does it, he reveals it. And why does he reveal it? He reveals it so that you can prepare for it. Revelation chapter 1 verse 3. Revelation chapter 1 verse 3. Prophecies. Revelations chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. Blessed. The word blessed means empowered to prosper, to excel, and to thrive. And those who read. In other words, prophecy is not just for the fun of, okay, there's a prophecy. You're supposed to read it. You're supposed to rehearse it to yourself. You're supposed to pay attention to it. I checked up what the message translation I mean, says about it. And it's, it was fun reading it. Blessed are the people that heed their prophecy. Your prophecies. What are prophecies? I don't want to assume everybody knows what prophecies are. Prophecies are words, but they're not just ordinary words. They are words spoken through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. In other words, they are not just words being spoken. They are words that are backed up by the Holy Spirit. They are inspired by the Holy Ghost. And those words are given to birth, change, or hence seasons. So when a new season wants to emerge, prophecies go before it. When God wants to change people's seasons, prophecies are released. And when there are seasons that God wants to hand, I don't know who I'm talking to, prophecies are released to handle seasons. 
But the question is, are you paying attention to the prophecies that relate to your season? God is saying, it's accelerate. It's not just about hearing it once. It's about realizing it, paying attention to it. You know, making your own confession and declaration about it and saying it to yourself, this is my prophecy. It's my turn to accelerate. I'm accelerating. I like the different aspects of your life where you need to catch up. I like the different areas of your life where you need to be realigned to God's original intent for your life. And be clear to declare, this is my prophecy for the season. I accelerate. I accelerate. I accelerate. Lift up your right hand and shout, I, I accelerate. accelerate. Come on, shout one more time. Say, hi. I accelerate. Prophecies are key. They are what spoken through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to bat, to change, or hand a season. They carry supernatural power to birth new things. Destinies are framed by prophetic words. Write it down. Destinies are what? Framed by prophetic words. And hear this. It's your responsibility to capture your prophecy and pray through with it. So when prophecies are released... It's not just enough to hear it. You must capture it. You know, there's a way you capture something and it becomes a part of you. And you don't just capture it. You pray through with it. Smart people pray through with their prophecy. They turn their prophecy into prayer. That's what I'm saying. Are you listening to me? They turn their prophecy into what? Prayer. The batting of your prophecy must be intentional. The same way, I mean, before a woman gives birth to a child, there must be copulation. She has to get pregnant. And she has to carry that pregnancy through a season, through a period of time. Nine months, right? For human. For elephants, how many months? Two years, right? But more than human, definitely. Because I can't imagine, you know, a womb that will carry something that massive. Nine months would not be enough for the full development. I mean, have you ever seen a baby elephant before? <laughs> He's a giant already. But what am I trying to say? There's a period of what, you know, carrying that prophecy to bat it. And you bat your prophecy in the place of prayer. Let's look at some scripture. First Timothy Look at 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 14. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and the 14th verse. You must be deliberate with your prophecy. Thank God for your purpose. But your prophecies are key to your acceleration. You must pay attention to it. He said, do not neglect the gift that is in you. Look at this. Paul was talking about spiritual gifts. He was talking to people. He said, there's a gift in you. But what I want you to pay attention to is how the gift came by. He said, this gift came by prophecy. Can you see? Because prophecy can bat spiritual things in you. He said, the gift in you came by the way to what? Somebody prophesied it over you. And what you did not have before, you started manifesting. Just because you are under prophetic words. And he says, be smart. Don't neglect those gifts. They came by the way of prophecy and the laying on of hands. 
Paying attention to the products of your prophecy. Neglect not the gift which is in you. But how did it come? It came by the way of prophecy. So prophecy can bat your spiritual manifestation. Look at 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 18. Still talking about prophecy, the power of prophecy. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and the 18th verse. He said, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you. Those words that were spoken by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost over you. He said, now I, I want to charge you that by them, not one prophecy, several prophecies. He said, prophecies, not one. Can you imagine the destiny of Timothy was literally a product of prophecy. The faces of his ministry came by the way of prophecy. And he says, this prophecy was released over you. You can make the most of this prophecy. How? By waging the good warfare. In other words, just because you have a prophecy over you does not mean it will manifest. Prophecies can be, can be defeated, can be aborted if you don't know how to fight. Listen, gentlemen, we do, not, we, do, we, do not, we do not fight in the natural. The Bible says we wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood. But we fight spiritually. And one of the ways we fight is we fight with prophecies. Talk to your neighbor. Say, neighbor. Things are not going to happen in your life just because of your cuteness. You know, this morning, just this morning, I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm taking a walk. And I was on that walk for one hour, 20 minutes, praying in the Holy Ghost. So I said, really? What are you? Is it, is it that serious? It's serious. There are things that God has spoken over my life. I'm so sure some people saw me on, two, I mean, on Skokie Boulevard and thought, who is this madman? I didn't care. 12, 12 in the afternoon, I was praying in the Holy Ghost in my shorts for one hour, 20 minutes. You must learn how to what? Wage and you know, I prayed to a point and I felt a release. Say now, okay, now we can start talking to people. Some of you, you waste too much time talking to people that can't help your destiny. I have to keep in touch with everybody. Have you kept in touch with your destiny? <laughs> I need to keep in touch with my auntie, with my uncle. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men. Are you not tired of speaking to men that can't change your life? There's a discipline in the spirit. You know, was it Peter that talked about bodily exercise? If there's a bodily exercise, there is a spiritual exercise. It's a bodily exercise profited me too. I know some of you can go to the gym and for two hours you are still carrying. It's good. I, I do some a little bit. But there's some exercises that are more important. Some of you are so particular about, oh, yeah, my abs. What about your spiritual abs? Do you have muscles in the spirit? Do you know how to wage a good warfare? Some of you, if you pray for five minutes, you will stand on your knee. Uh, you're already sleepy. I mean, and I can understand. I remember when I started walking out, it was not funny. You walk out for 15 minutes and it feels like you have been walking all day. I'm not even what I'm talking about. 
If you go to the gym, you have only spent 15 minutes and you sit down like, oh my God, oh my God. That's the way some people are when it comes to spiritual things. And it's because they are not used to it. There's something called spiritual discipline. Nobody was born with capacity to pray in tongues. You develop it. You develop it. And that's one of the things we want to do from now till December ending. Muscle, build capacity, wage good warfare with your prophecies. Things will not just happen because you are cute. Oh, have you been to a church? It's a beautiful church. Now, things don't manifest because of your beautiful sanctuary. Things manifest because you are smart in the realm of the spirits. We resonate against flesh and blood. There are things all around, not just from your village, even in the city, that want to, I mean, fight your progress. But there's a way you speak to the atmosphere. Your marriage, your finances, the different aspects of your life. You take care of it in the realm of the spirit because you are smart. And by the time you walk into natural world, things are aligned. That is called waging a good warfare. Just because you are doing this two weeks ago does not mean everything will start running forward. I know that was the prophetic to wake you up. Now that you have received accelerate, then, then line up. Do this every morning. Do it for 30 minutes. Do it for one hour. That's how to wage a good warfare with your prophecy. Is somebody following me? So there must be intentionality. Someone say intentionality. Things will not just happen. You must bat it. You wage a good warfare with the prophecies which have been spoken over you. This prophecy must not go to waste. One of the words of the Lord that came over us at the beginning of the year is, is a season of seven figures. Hallelujah. Seven figures in proper currency. Somebody shout amen. amen. You know, there are currencies and there are currencies. The other day, somebody was trying to share a testimony with me and he mentioned, oh, something happened. Indeed, I said, oh, somebody got $1 million and he mentioned the currency. And we're like rejoicing. And I said, wait, thank God for Google. I said, let me even find out the equivalent of the $1 million. And I realized it was $33,000. From that currency, I'm like, we celebrate the testimony. But let's celebrate proportionally. Because the... They want me, and you know, they are fancy things. Their currency too is dollar. They are different kind of fake dollars. <laughs> it's still a dollar, but that dollar compared to American dollar is 0 0.033. I'm like, okay, God has done it, but. But we say, my, 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 can you get on, get on your feet? Let's make declaration. Say, I declare, is my season of seven figures. Put your currency there. Put your currency there. Uh, don't just say dollar. Please be, be very, very clear. <laughs> There's Zimbabwe dollar. <laughs> Come, can you declare it again? Say it's my season of seven figures. Say I sit in seven figures comfortably. If you believe that, come on, shout hallelujah. That was one of the words that was released over us at the beginning of the year. You fight with it. And you are intentional. You may be seated. You are intentional. You're declaring the word of the Lord. You are praying in the Holy Ghost. Are you getting my point? You wage a good warfare with your prophecy. You, have, you make sure your mind is aligned with your prophecy. 
You know, there are times that based on bringing an environment, certain prophecies and your mind are like, your mind just bounces back. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you take your mind to your prophecy. Come here. Or you take your mind and say, come here. We, we are going there. This is the future. Come here. If you have to listen to tapes all night, messages all night, renew your mind, read books, start talking to a new set of people. You know, there are people that help your prophecy to feel at home. And there, there, there is a click that makes your prophecy <laughs> unrealistic. You wage a good warfare with your prophecies. Prophecies will not just manifest. It manifests because you are cooperative. Is it very clear? So you must be in purpose to accelerate. You must align with your prophecy to accelerate. Prophecies are an amazing, but beyond your sounding good, you fight with it. They are tools to fight. They are not just cute words over your life. Three. In order to accelerate effectively, you must know your instructions. And when I'm talking about instructions, instructions speaks of specific guidance from the Lord for your life. You know, a lot of us are just following the multitude. Everybody's going this direction. Let us go. Let us go. Why? Can't you see everybody doing that investment? There must be money in it. The sad part was you joined late. It was at the point that that investment was about <laughs> to collapse. That's when you entered. Because you were just following. Who oh, they said. And it was at the, play, at the point people were exiting. You, you were entering. Because you did not hear your instruction. If anybody comes with an idea before you jump into it. And listen, gentlemen, people will always give you ideas. I still got one two days ago. So I said, I want to, I want to pitch it. You know. Be nice. Listen. But after listening, go and ask God, is this my instruction? Someone else's instruction might not be your instruction. Are you listening to me? Just because somebody followed the instruction and got results does not mean you will do it and get results. Oh, everybody is doing real estate. I must do real estate. Maybe the only real estate you need to do is the house you are living in. Hallelujah. And enjoy your life. And there will be other things that God will lead you into. So, no, that's what everybody is doing. No. There is an instruction that will take you there. There's a place called there. And you don't just get there with any kind of direction. You need your direction. Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 12, there was a man by the name Abraham who had just started walking with God. And what will God say? Genesis chapter 12 from verse 1. We're going to read through the first three verses of Genesis chapter 12. He said, now the Lord said to Abram, this was before his name was changed to Abraham. He said, get, get out of your country, get out. So God can speak like that, get out. There is a God that says, get out. Get out. No question asked, just get out. And when he says get out, you don't start questioning him. Especially if you know how to hear God. Someone say, I don't, that's a problem. I don't know how to hear God. Should I tell you the reason why it's difficult for you to hear God or you find it difficult to hear God? It's because you don't spend enough time with God. Now, if your husband, your spouse, or your child, or your, your, any of your siblings is speaking in the vicinity, there might even be 70 people there. 
Won't you be able to differentiate his or, his or her voice? Come and talk to me. By the virtue of spending time together, there's a knowing of God's voice just by spending time with God. You just know this is God speaking. So God spoke to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. Verse 2. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you shall be a great blessing. Verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the heart shall be blessed. But your instruction is get out. Don't you say get out. Tell our neighbor, get out. That was Abraham's instruction. Get out. Just get out. The plan I have for you is not here. Get out. Now, when it was the turn of Abraham's son, I mean Isaac, Genesis chapter 26, Genesis chapter 26, verses 1 to 3. Genesis 26, verse 1 to 3. He said there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines in Gerar. Verse 2 says, then the Lord appeared to him. The Lord appeared to him. The Lord, the same God that appeared to his father, appeared to him. Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. <laughs> Dwell in this land. And I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants, I give all this land. And I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. The same God that told his father, get out. In his own during his own time, he says, stay there. Stay there. I, I was in, on, on Insta Live earlier today. And, you know, most of the folks that were on the Insta Live were, were, were I mean, were, were in Nigeria. And I told them, you know, there's this Exodus, Max Exodus happening in Nigeria. And everybody is going anywhere, you know, Kutonu, anywhere. Just get out. <laughs> and I said, I said, this, that is not for everybody. There are people that is the plan. Listen here to me. I pray for you that you will not participate in the destruction of destiny of your loved ones in Jesus' name. I say, ah, what kind of a prayer is that? Because there's a way you can emotionally want to help. And what you're doing is that you are pushing that person out of the will of God. In the name of seeking opportunity, we are covenant-minded people. We don't just make decisions based on opportunities. We make decisions based on divine direction. Just because it seems good does not make it good. God told Isaac, stay there. And right there, I will bless you. So I told him, I said, this exodus is not for everybody. It's for some folks. But has God spoken to you? Do you have a word from the Lord or you are running with the word of your friends? Stay in the land. I will bless you. So we are a people that follow instruction, specific instruction. So, purpose, prophecies, instructions. Instructions are key. Your instructions are specific and customized. Don't follow general direction. With the multitude, there are specific instructions that accelerate you into manifestations. The fourth one. What's the first one? 
Come on, talk to me. What's the first one? What's the second one? What's the third one? The fourth one, association. There is an association that helps, that helps you to run well. You know, when I was meditating on this point, I started hearing the voice of the Spirit along the line of so many people have literally slowed down their destinies because of their insensitivity to the association needed for the acceleration. There is, there, is that, there is that group that God brings you into. There's something about people that God connects you to that help you to run better in life. And let me, Can I be real with you? The people that make up that group are not perfect. Oh, come on. Should I say it again? The people that make up that group that will bring you acceleration, they are not what? They are perfect. It's a group full of what? Imperfect people. The question is, will you be so sensitive to the association that is key to your acceleration so much that you can overlook their flaws and exalt their grace? I have, I have some amazing relationships in my life that have been a blessing to me so tremendously. But ladies and gentlemen, there have been trying times where those relationships are concerned. There have been times I felt assaulted. I felt like, no, 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 no. no. How dare you talk to me like that? Just because I call you my friend. Just because I call you my mentor. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to now remind yourself, why did God bring that person into your life? Like I was saying earlier on today, I said the Bible did not talk about uh, the spirit of the spirit of perfect men. He said the spirit of just men made perfect. And you that demanding perfect people around you, are you perfect yourself? And I want to dwell on this part where association is concerned, because some people they actually recognize that oh, this is an amazing relationship that God has brought me into. But at the same time, they are not watchful enough to protect, preserve, and nurture the relationship. Every divine relationship will be tested. If you meet anyone today, meet any, any couple today and say, oh, we have a great marriage. Our marriage is so beautiful. Listen, and gentlemen, that, that beautiful marriage is a, is a product of tests. No one, several, they pass tests. The same way you were not awarded your bachelor's degree just because you slept and woke up one day and said, hey, I have a degree. How many tests have you went through in your life? Some of you can't even count it. You've been tested, especially if you do a degree like I did. I was tested up and down. By the time they gave me this certificate, I was even tired. I remembered, you know, when I entered my program, it was around 150 of us. Second year, we did a, a, we did a class, 34 of us passed. And you're wondering, where the rest? Don't ask me if I was one of the 34, but 34 people passed. But I can still remember a class I did in my second year of pharmacy, pharmacognosy. I did not only fail the class, I came last. Out of the 168, I was at the bottom. I'm like, what? As smart as I am. I took it the following year and I, I got the best grade. 
Every, every success is a product of tests. Even divine relationships will be tested. Pass the tests. As you are getting mad with that person, remember what God told you. Remember the positive things you have gained from the relationship. So that you don't cut people off that are needed. You know, a lot of destinies have been compromised because the people that God put in their lives to protect them, they've cut it. I mean, God will always people, you know, in as much as you have people in your life that will celebrate you, they'll be like, oh my God, you're so cute. There's always somebody in your space that as people are celebrating you, we just bring you down and say, okay, God bless you. We appreciate it. But I'm like, can't you just celebrate? I just, this is just my observation. Okay, say your observation. I don't know why you can't just be like the rest of the people and appreciate the glory of God upon my life. Then with all the glory, there's still a but that we think we should fix. And I'm saying this but because I love you. If everybody you have in your space are always approving your moves, you don't have friends, you only have fans. No fans always like. Even they don't watch, they don't, they don't even, before they, they just like it. It's a fan. <laughs> I remember sometimes, <laughs> a while ago, somebody fought me. He said, you are not always liking my post. <laughs> what if I don't like it? <laughs> so I noticed that whenever I post, you don't like it. Reverend Victor likes it, but you don't like it. I'm like, I'm not Reverend Victor. I mean, I don't know how to. And some people, apparently, maybe they have. In fact, the way some people like posts, it's like there's a robot that likes for them. As you are putting the posts, it's like, they're like, have you even read? <laughs> I remember I put a post before you know, it's a happy birthday. You say, ah, did you read? It's not just, it, it, people are not just in your life to like you. Association. Iron sharpens iron. You want to accelerate, you need to be sensitive to the divine relationships God will bring into your life. Are you getting this? Iron sharpens iron. Proverbs 27, 17. Let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 18 from verse 1 to 3 before we move to the last one. For Samuel, the 18th chapter, and, the, and from the first verse. For Samuel, chapter 18, and verse 1. Okay. It says, Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Look at that connection. No, they're just some people, they come into your life and you feel that connection. Verse 2. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Verse 3 says, Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. You know, there are, there are going to be people like Jonathan that God will bring into your space to prepare you for your future. Jonathan came, I mean, David came from a totally different background. 
But there was a Jonathan that God had prepared for him in the palace to help his transition. In spite of the fact that Jonathan's father was doing everything to compromise David, Jonathan remained committed to what? To David. You just feel that connection. And, you know, when you notice such relationships, what do you do? You protect. Can you say this words with me? You say protect, protect. Preserve, preserve, and nurture sure. such relationship. You must be deliberate. They are not perfect relationships. They are not perfect people. But the relationships are needful for your destiny. The last but not the least, opportunities. You want to accelerate? You must be sensitive to opportunities. There's such a thing as Kairos moment that will not always be around. The word Kairos in the Greek simply means the right time. A lot of people have missed their timing. They missed their Kairos moment. They got carried away. They were not sensitive. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. It talks about time and chance happening. When that Kairos moment eats, you are just at the right time, at the right place. You're just keen. You must be sensitive to divine opportunities. There are going to be seasons that God will literally allow Vashtal to misbehave in the palace because he wants to walk a nobody, Esther, into the palace. But the question is, is Esther going to be aligned? Do you know if Esther was not aligned in that season? If he was not listening to Mordecai, as she should have been listening to Mordecai, you know she should have missed that moment. Moment. Somebody said moment. In fact, a lot of times, I'm sorry to say this, a lot of people, things along the line of relationship, marriage relationship, things get delayed and get complicated because they miss their moments. I've, I've had cases of ladies that said, hey, I, I, I was just, I just wanted, wanted him to, 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 is it hunt me down? Or I don't just, just show more, show, show more passion. And the guy said, I'm tired of chasing. I've been chasing for the last, I'm tired. I'm serious. I'm pastor for well over 25 years. I, I have a file full of cases like that. But after, after four months, he stopped calling. He was tired. He was traveling from another city to your city. Is that not enough proof? Say, I just, I just wanted him to try more. After all, he said he loved me. I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because the guy called me a month before then. He said, sir, I'm tired. The guy was really tired. He said, I want somebody that wants me as much as I want her. I'm serious. So it's not like I didn't like him, but I just, just, after he said he loved me. There's several other people releasing their faith from the north, south, east, and west. So God rearranged. Kairos moments. Not just in terms of relationship, in terms of businesses, business opportunities. Knowing how to just keen. I want to pray for somebody that in this season, you'll be sensitive to your moments. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. Kairos moment. Opportunities. 
Opportunities are key. Opportunities, I, I call opportunities elevators that are automated to get you to your destination quicker. Can you imagine there's an elevator right there and, you know, and you're going to the 10th floor? And so you say, oh, I'd rather take the stairs. Now, as you are, somebody will enter the elevator and just press 10. And maybe you'll be on the third floor. He's already in his room on the 10th floor. Just because he went through an automated system. Opportunities are elevators and automated to get you to your destinations quicker. I pray for somebody under the sound of my voice. You will not miss your opportunities. Amen. Lift up your two hands and say, I will not miss, will not miss my opportunities. So, in fact, one of the prayers you should do every day is, Lord, help me to be sensitive to my moments, my kairos moments. He said, I returned and I saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, not the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance. They were at the right place at the right time. They did not miss their time. I declare regarding relationship, regarding finances, regarding career, I declare you will not miss your timing. Yes. You know, the people at the top, they are not necessarily at the top because they were the best. Let me tell you a short story. And this is a true story. It happened in Nigeria a couple of years ago. The past president of Nigeria, he had no business becoming president. Talking about his political route. Am I right? If you study his political route, he had no business. So what happened? He was a deputy governor. And in fact, the way he became the deputy governor, it was just somebody just nominated. It was to compensate his wife. His wife was a grassroots player of his party in his, in, his, in his state. And he said, okay, this woman has been so much involved in politics. What can we do? He said, oh, he has a husband who is a lecturer, a cameraman that won't give the, the governor, gubernatorial candidate any trouble. He said, let's, let's, deputy governor. After all, deputy governor, do they do anything? They don't do anything, normally. Deputy governors don't do what? They don't do anything. So he, was, he became the deputy governor. And lo and behold, the governor misbehaved. I won't go into the story. He really misbehaved that he had to be what? Impeached. So he became what? The governor that he did not plan for. Time and chance. So the then president was going to leave then and he wanted, and he felt like, okay, uh, the, the presidency should go to the north and, you know, the, the vice presidency should, should be some, one of the reliable governors. And they approached one of the reliable governors there, Cross River State. Duke, very smart governor. Transform this state. Donald Duke, you'll be a good vice president to this, to, 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 to Yaradua because, you know, based on the, you know, and said, no, 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 over my dead body. How can I be his vice president? Why, why, we don't meet. Pride is a dangerous thing. Why, why, why? No, 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 no. The ambassador did everything to persuade him. He said, no, 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 no. I don't want to be. I'm running. <laughs> He's still running till today. I'm running, I'm running. He said, okay, okay, okay. And they looked around all the south-south area looking for 
the right candidate, and they couldn't find. Because some are crooks and the rest of it. And the only one left was the person that used to be deputy governor, who is now governor, and they approached him. Do you mind? Why not? I was once a deputy governor. I can be a vice president. No question asked. Get on your feet. And he became the what? The vice president. And within two years, the president passed on. <laughs> Without lobbying. He fell on him. Time and chance. Like somebody say, is a prophecy when they name him good luck. <laughs> this luck must be good. When you are deputy governor, the governor misbehaved. When you are the deputy president, that you, are, you had no business becoming. The people that were nominated, they said, no, 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 I don't want it. And they said, you are the only option left. Say, why not? And lo and behold, he passed. And the man who was once a lecturer, how many years before dead, became the president. I want to pray for somebody. I declare time and chance will happen to you. Amen. And when time and chance happen to you, you will, you will, oh, you will be sensitive to your Kairos moment. Someone like Esther had no clue. Me? Me? The queen of the land? Time and chance happened. Vash time is we've worked out quickly. Let's pick a new, a new replacement. <laughs> and the uncle said, at least, at least. And the next thing, favor of God rested on her. I declare in this season, in this season of acceleration, the favor of God will make you the choice. Amen. Somebody shout, time and chance. Are you listening to me? Opportunities are elevators. Automated to get you to your destination quicker. <laughs> people will be fighting. He does not deserve it. Yeah, I agree. I don't deserve it. We know people that are better than him. You are right. But time and chance did not happen to them. It happened to me. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Time and chance happened to me. And I embraced my opportunity. Redeeming the time for the days are evil. It's why you says make the most of every opportunity. Time and chance. I want to close with this. 1 Samuel chapter 17. There was a young boy by the name David who was left on the field for the longest time. They were going to war. They didn't even take him to war. Then in 1 Samuel chapter 17, look at 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're just going to read like three verses. Verse 20. Time and chance. I want to, pick, I want to show you a picture. He says, so David rose up early in the morning. Rose up early in the morning, left the ship with a keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to the fight and shouting for the battle. Time and chance. Why was it that it was that moment, that moment, that he showed up? Verse 26. Time and chance. Time and chance. 
Time and chance. He said, then David spoke to the man who stood by him, saying, what shall be done for the man? David was a smart man. When the opportunity showed up, he knew how to grab it. Some of you, it's not humility. When you're, this is a divine opportunity. Jump in. What shall be done to the man that bring down this fool? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? Verse 34. His moment came and he knew how to jump in. He said, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. He started sharing his testimony. And when a lion or a bear came, took a lamb out of the flock. Verse 35. I went out after it, struck it, delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its bird and struck it and killed it. Verse 36. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Sin, he has defiled the armies of the living God. Verse 37. Hey, moreover, David said, the Lord will deliver me from the paw of the lion. And from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of these Philistines. And so said to David, hey, you know, there's a difference between being humble and being, being, uh, I'm shy. No. I'm bold. I'm humble, but I'm bold. I'm humble. If they say stay with the sheep, I will stay with the sheep. But when the opportunity shows up to stand before the king, I will be bold. I will know the right things to say. I declare in this season, in this season of opportunities, when your Kairos moment comes, you will know what to say. Amen. Look at the way he shared his testimony. It was articulate. He said it with so much confidence that Saul forgot that it's a boy that was speaking. Hey! Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. The Lord that was not with you. All of a sudden he says, the Lord is with this one. Let him go and do the job. Have you learned something tonight? Come on, have you learned something tonight? How do you accelerate? One. Come on, Shari, say, how do you accelerate? One. Two, three, four, five. Let's recite it. How do you accelerate? One, two, three, four, five. Now, without looking at your notes, let's do it. Test. Will you pass this test? How do you accelerate? One, two, three. Four, five. Did you get something tonight? I want you to celebrate because your acceleration is, is starting. I see you running into your prophecy. I see you experiencing all that God has for you. Come on, honor the Lord. We give you praise, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because we are helped by you. In the name of Jesus. Come on, can you celebrate God tonight? We hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingswood Ministries International. Feel free to visit our website at kingswood.org for more inspiring teachings by Dr. K. Ijishasong. There you'd also find other helpful materials and further information about this ministry. God bless you richly.